This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia ora everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast, The Arenality. I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, hello from Dunedin, and for our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. So the Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. So in this episode, we have Sophia Heisel, a young entrepreneur uh, who identifies as Kiwi Malay, uh, and she is currently a student at Bayfield High School. Kiara Sophia. Hi. Thank you for being here today. It's very nice to be here. Yeah, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Uh, yep. Um, Kiara, my name is Sophia Heisel, and I am a 16 year old young entrepreneur who's going to Bayfield High School, and yeah, that's. Basically me. Yeah, thank you for coming here from school. That's yeah. No problem. Yeah. I was excited to get out of school. Yes. <laughs> I think it's worth acknowledging as well of our history together. Oh yeah, that's that's one thing as well. Yeah. So I've known Sophia since she was five, yeah, I think. Five, five I think. years old. Yeah, and you were ten. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do you remember me back then? I do, I do. I do remember you. Yeah. Yeah, you were like the cool Older sister. sister. Yeah. Uh, And you were so adorable. I think people spend time just pinching your cheeks during events. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you miss that though? No, not really. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's good to see you grow up and now you're here with me talking about business. It's really cool, like, to see us grow. It's interesting. Yes. (laughs) I, I love meeting childhood friends and, like, uh, remembering how we were like back then and yeah. how grown up we are now. It's it's quite overwhelming, really, but yeah. Hmm. It's interesting as well to see the paths that we took yeah. along the way. I would have never expected that you would be doing a podcast mm-hmm. and I'll be doing business. Yep. Yeah, you did not look at someone no. who would do business when I you were I thought five. I would be a vet or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. We'll talk more about like your pathways to business and like what what sparked that passion for business uh, later during this podcast. Yep. Uh, first, I would like you to share about like what is what is it like being Kiwi Malay and like your journey from Malaysia to New Zealand and how you made New Zealand home? Yep. Well, uh, in 2007, when I was two, my parents, uh, well, my family migrated to New Zealand and ever since then, I've called New Zealand home. I did go back to Malaysia for three years, so I did go through the Malaysian education system and things, but New Zealand was such a big part of my life that I can't call anywhere else home now really. yeah yeah so yeah living in New Zealand has become part of me it is me hmm. yeah sometimes it is a bit like sad that I think I think oh I'm losing my sense of culture because I'm very different to my Malaysian counterparts hmm. but um, I also feel quite privileged that I have this uh, different mindset from them because mm. I have become quite 
um, open-minded living here. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think having two parts of you, it's better than yeah. only having one part of you, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been here for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, people yeah. are allowed to identify themselves culturally as however they want. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, well, I, just, <laughs> we, I know that, and I want people to know that because we do have quite similar yeah. um, pathways as well. So it's interesting to hear from a younger point of view yeah. as someone who grew up younger. Mm. And you're still young. You're like I'm, still in high school. Yeah. You'd probably be the, the youngest guest on the RNLT so uh, far. Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah. I, yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> so exciting. So, yeah, can you tell us about life in high school? Because we, um, so far, I think I've interviewed one other person who's in high school. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> tell us what is life in high school these days? It's extremely busy, I'd <laughs> yeah. say. There's a lot happening. Uh, exams, homework, social activities. Mm. Yeah, it's quite a lot to juggle, really. Mm. I like it, I'd say. Just the workload is a lot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. how many years left do you have for school? Two. Uh, well, including this one, too. Mm. Yeah. And do you think you know what you're doing when you're at school? Um. Yeah, most of the time, except mm. for in calculus, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, for uh, most of my subjects, they're more like creative subjects. So I like to think uh, creatively mm. as compared to like maths or science. Mm. So I do feel like I know what I'm doing, but for those subjects, I don't actually really need to. Yeah. Mm. And uh, you are passionate about like arts and like language yeah. those kinds of things right yeah i do two art subjects in school um photography and art so i'm quite passionate in those things especially these days photography since i haven't been able to take it before so it's exciting to discover this new medium and play around with it and what about language well in my free time i like to learn different languages though these days I've been a bit too busy to focus on it but yeah I always like to pick up languages on the way yeah mm. for example I'm supposed to be learning Korean mm -hmm. because you know I like K-dramas and mm -hmm. stuff but um, yeah I've just been a bit busy but I do really enjoy learning languages yeah and I think language is something you can't like pressure yourself on yeah, yeah you just have to go with the flow yeah. and do it while you're enjoying it yeah what do you do for your well-being? Because I know high school life can be quite hectic. Yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Um, well, I like, I really enjoy just listening to music and mm. just doing my own thing. But another thing that I do is curling. Ah. Uh, it's a sport. It's not really that, like, sporty kind of sport, but mm. it is. it does take your mind off problems and stuff and just gets your head into the game can you tell us about curling for those people who might not know what oh, curling is yeah mm. curling is basically the sport played on ice mm. it's a bit like yoga and bowls in one so you you have to get the rock you slide the rock into this middle of this uh, house which is a circle and you try to get it as close to the middle as you can so it's mm. It's quite. It's a bit like chess as well. So yeah. it's a team. It's a team sport. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, and how often do you play? Uh, once a week. I have a game after this. Oh wow! So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so busy. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's good. At at least you have something to run towards from yeah. school. You know. Yeah. You told me that it helps you to get away from some thoughts and yeah. stress. Because um, when I'm on the ice, all I think about is, oh, what do I do next? Like, what's my next? Um, uh, do I need to sweep? Do I need to? Try to get it in the middle or block things. Mm-hmm. I'm not really thinking about like school or work. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. It's like you're escaping yeah. your thoughts, your mind through curling, through curling. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, it's very interesting that you put that story forward because I don't know so much yeah, about curling. Not a lot of people yeah. have heard of it, but huh. it's something that I'm quite passionate about because last year uh, I went to nationals and got first place wow <laughs> yeah so a lot of people know more about yeah. curling now hopefully it gets other people into it, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you'd have to know how to walk on ice yeah uh, it's not that slippery unlike normal like ice skating ice ah. but it is it has some friction on it but it is still ice so interesting yeah so you introduced yourself as a young entrepreneur. Can you tell me more about that? Um, yeah, uh, I'm very passionate in business and trying to create change through entrepreneurship because I feel like that's the whole purpose of it, um, innovation and mm. stuff like that. So um, this year, um, with the Lion Foundation Young Enterprise Scheme, uh, which I am part of, um, I am making hijabs uh, my business is called Pila and here in New Zealand we don't really get hijabs anywhere really especially like modern styles uh, especially as a lo- young person who has um, fashion sense I'd like to say <laughs> uh, hijabs is kind of essential because uh, they need to like look nice and stuff yeah. um, so I started Pila which aims to bring Des, uh, fashionable and stylish designs to a fashion industry that doesn't have one yet here mm. in New Zealand. So, yeah, that's, that's the goal. Yeah, can you tell me about Pillar, the name? Oh, the Pillar. Yeah. Uh, well, a few months back, my parents bought a caterpillar mm. and we named it Pillar. Uh, and then Pillar, like all caterpillars do, turned into a monarch butterfly. Yeah. And I kind of looked at that and thought, that's kind of the growth and confidence I would like to bring other hijabis in Aotearoa. Mm. And I just thought it was cool, so I decided to name the brand the same. Yeah, I think it's very special because it's you lived that experience. Yeah. You saw a pillar grow from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Yeah, and I kind of felt the same because uh, I grew up in New Zealand as I've mentioned before so I also started wearing the hijab in New Zealand so um, uh, at first I felt really self-conscious about it because uh, none of it was my style really it was just hand-me-downs from my mom Mm. and they have old you know styles yeah so um, I didn't really feel confident and I didn't really feel like I could grow into the hijab Mm. but then slowly um, I started collecting more 
still hand-me-downs. For example, from you. Yep. I've gotten quite a lot from you, <laughs> yeah. but you have a nice style. Um, so I I started to get more into a specific style that I found that I liked. Yeah. And I also bought a few from Malaysia, over, like shipping and stuff, which was expensive. But, yeah. Um, so I, I was thinking, you know, we need some here. Might yeah. as well just make some. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I, because it's a problem that I personally experience. So, yeah, yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning to our listeners that for us um, Muslim women, hijab is a religious thing that we do, but yeah. it's also a fashion yeah. piece that we have. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, people would ask me, like, "Oh, how many hijab pieces do you have? Like, how many colors do you have?" And they get so shocked knowing that I have like probably fifty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like different colors, different pins, yeah. different styles, and you know. Yeah, those are all like important yeah. part of everyday look. Yeah. yeah. The same way people um, match their shoes with their. Blouse. I yeah. don't know if people if people do that. <laughs> yeah, we do that as well with our hijabs, and I think it's very important for us to feel confident, especially yeah. living in a country where it's not normal to yeah. wear a hijab. We are represented by what we wear. I feel, mm-hmm. um, and so I feel like wearing the hijab well and how you want to wear it is a good form of self-expression. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And have you heard any stories from other people um, about if they experience similar issues as you Yeah, do? I sent out a survey um, asking about issues with the hijab here in New Zealand. And many people say, yeah, shipping, because they usually ship from other countries, uh, is expensive. But they also want to feel like confident here and not wear the same like four hijabs that they have. Mm. So they, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we want to be, like, updated with the trend. Yeah. I think that's very important. Especially yeah. as, like, Gen Zs and, yeah, yeah. we want to be trendy yeah. and stylish. Huh. Yeah. That just helps us with, like, how we feel throughout the day. Yeah. Because um, if we don't feel confident in what we wear or, like, who we are, it will show. Mm. Yeah. I remember being really, like, self-conscious about wearing it anywhere because I feel like I wasn't wearing it right Mm. or like that I looked bad Mm. but really it was just I didn't feel confident Mm. in what I was wearing and like you maybe maybe you haven't found the right style for yeah at the time yeah yeah Yeah. because I know that I would try wear my hijab a certain way and suddenly I did there's this feeling there doesn't feel like me and then now I wear it like this way and I, I know that this is probably right yeah, yeah. It, it just has to feel right yeah, yeah exactly what are the things you hope to achieve with Pillar well I hope that we could in the future would have a variety of styles and that we could ship all over the country mm. and that it would reach the audience that I want mm. but also in the very far future I hope that I could start um, shipping to other countries, uh, mainly countries such as New Zealand, like the Netherlands, mm. Switzerland, those other countries that have a minority, like a hijabi minority, mm. but actually still really need it. 
Yeah. Because um, there's no point shipping to places like Malaysia, you know. There's they no have <laughs> their own hijab, like, fashion industry. Yeah. Where else, like, those countries don't. So mm. I hope that I could send it off to them as well. Mm. And they could have appreciate. Yeah, and yeah. that's a really big goal. It is. With so, so much meaning as well. Because you're thinking about what if there was a... Sophia in Netherlands who's yeah. experiencing the same thing yeah. wanting to find a fashion uh, hijab brand but can't find one Yeah, I think the special thing about Pula hijabs is that it's able to adjust itself to New Zealand's four season climate mm. for example one of the hijabs that we have is a merino cotton mix which is a very New Zealand thing but it's also really warm and comfy mm. so like when you wear it in winter it's it's really nice. Like, Keeps your head warm. Yeah. yeah. And my mom wore it to a rugby game the other day. And you know how rugby games can get really cold, especially in the stadium? Yeah. And she said it kept her nice and warm, but like not overheat at the same time, which ah, is really good. So, and that's good. Yeah. Um, I hope that all the other colder countries could have the same opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if we buy hijabs from Asian countries, yeah. it's not going to be good for our climate yeah especially since it's really windy here yeah the, the thin ones tend to go all over the place <laughs> true yeah true i remember wearing uh, my hijab in wellington oh. it was like everywhere yeah. and i couldn't get like a good photo oh. for my instagram which really which is important which is you know? so important yeah. these days a good photo for instagram you know exactly yeah <laughs> Um, I'm interested to know about how you're doing the selling of pillar hijabs. Do you have like a website or Instagram for it? Yeah, um, I have an Instagram. It's called pillar underscore hijabs, which you guys should definitely follow. Mm -hmm. um, where I'll be promoting and basically just letting everyone know what pillar is up to these days. But uh, soon I will have a website up where I will be able to sell and yeah. To show off all the stuff we have. It's mm, amazing, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to do some reflecting with you. What would younger Sophia think about pillar jobs? Ah, uh, well, like how would she feel knowing that older Sophia, like present Sophia, is doing pillar jobs? I think she would feel really proud. Like she would definitely not think that I would do that at mm. all, but. I think she'll be like, wow, that's a really cool thing to do. Huh. Yeah. I think because when I was younger as well, I would sell little bracelets at school. Mm. So maybe I was always a business person. Yeah, you've always done um, things around business. Yeah, I guess I just like making money. <laughs> I'm not sure. But and that's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make money. It's I think money is empowering. Yeah. Um, it is... It helps you to achieve your goals, yeah. I guess. Especially as women. Yeah, making money. Making money is so satisfying yeah. and so important these days. Tell me about those bracelets that you did used oh. to make. Well, basically, um, I would do like custom orders oh. for my friends uh, at uh, Malaysian primary school. Ah. And I would sell them for two ringgit ah. uh, each. How much is two ringgit in New Zealand dollars? Oh, like... A few cents, yeah. probably, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, it was it was nice. I made quite a bit of money, and I would use that money to eat lunch. Because uh, mm. Malaysian schools had the best canteens. So yeah, good. Like, they would give you full-course meals. 
Yeah. So, yeah. And cheap as well, actually. Yeah, it was quite cheap, which is good. But my mom, like, I didn't get to eat at the canteen that often because she wouldn't give me that much pocket money and mm. she would just give me lunch you know like very like very kiwi thing to do yeah but um when i did make the money i would buy myself yeah like, a like, nice like fish with rice it yeah really it's like here's my chance yeah to, like, <laughs> eat uh, canteen food like my other friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting yeah mm. i think another thing i want to mention about pure is that um like like I said that I wanted to create a business that um, had like change for the community that really shows that is trying to give back I don't know if that's how I would explain it but um, my producer is an ex-refugee named Manahil Mm. who yeah she's a Syrian ex-refugee and she's a very good seamstress so she's the one who's seeming the hijabs for me and yeah I pay her as she deserves I just thought that was an interesting point to say Mm. because it's related to (laughs) yeah Uh, because I remember at the pitch uh, for Pillar that was the point that everyone was very happy about because it actually linked to all Pillar's values yes yeah and it's important that a company such as Pillar, mm-hmm. a business, has those values and like the whole company revolves around the values. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not just like, here's what we're doing, but are you actually doing it behind the stage? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. am. Um, my parents are helping me a lot with it. Mm. They'll probably get mad at me if I don't mention them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they are like my main motivators. They're they're constant, constantly um, pestering me about it. Like you have to get this done, which is really good because some days I just get really unmotivated. Mm. So yeah, they're really helpful. Reminders are good. Yeah. yeah, especially with business where it's something that you need to do constantly mm. and not like take breaks. Like oh, I'm gonna go on a business hiatus. That's not really <laughs> how it works. It doesn't so, work that way. Yeah. With uh, pillar hijabs. How do you see yourself in the future? Like, is this something you're thinking of doing long term? Yes. Yep. Definitely. Mm. I, yeah, I really do hope that it actually lasts, mm. and that it gets, it goes somewhere. It doesn't just stay in Dunedin mm. within my few friends circle. Mm. I hope that I am able to sell all across New Zealand, and that, yeah, it becomes something. Yeah, you know, that's something pe- something that people like know and appreciate. Hmm. Yeah, if you focus on your why, like why you're doing it, that that will motivate you to yeah. keep going. Yeah, yeah, and I know that you can do this. Yeah, I yeah. can. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. yeah. Huh. Hmm. All right. So before we wrap up this interview. I would really like to hear some advice from you to young entrepreneurs like you as well because I know that there will be people who want to start a business but just don't know how, probably because they have their own insecurities that you're dealing with. Yeah. Well, first you need the passion and the drive. If you're really passionate about something, really just go for it. It's about the first few steps that you're always too scared to take. Just take them and then see where those lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 
Um, last year, I did another business um, with Young Enterprise as well. It's, it was very different, but it was it didn't work out. But it's all about learning from the experiences that don't work out. It's trial and error. You just have to see what works, see what doesn't work, and just cancel out what doesn't work and learn from them and then move forward. Mm. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah. Mm. And just don't be afraid to make mistakes because it's all about learning. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And I like that you mentioned about that you had a business that didn't work out because, you know, (laughs) that's how life is. Yeah. You you might try one thing that didn't work out, but here's another thing that you try. Pillar hijab is a completely different concept. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. And it aligns with your values. It does. Mm. So, yeah, don't, like, hold back. Just... If you if you're doing something and you realize that it doesn't fit with you and you don't like it, it's fine just um, scrapping it completely and mm. finding something else that works because yeah, it doesn't harm anything in the end. It's yeah. just yeah. And to not feel shy or ashamed about it. Yeah, that's something you have to feel confident. Yes. Yeah. Yay! Thank you so yeah. much, Sophia, for being here today. I really appreciate you sharing your story on why. Pillar Hijabs assisted, yeah. I guess. Like, yeah. um, what brought you to do Pillar Hijabs? And it tied a lot on your culture. Yeah. And, yeah. like, your identity. And I think that's really amazing. Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. You would inspire a lot of young people as well. Oh, I really hope I do. Mm. Yeah. Kia ora. Oh, yeah, kia ora. Thank you. So that is the end of our episode of The Arenality today. I hope you learned a lot about Sophia, about her business, Pillar Hijabs, and being a Kiwi Malay and how that reflected in her new business. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.